0: Welcome to Radio Free Culture from WFMU, where we examine the issues at the intersection of digital culture and the arts. My name is Andreas Lenzi. In this episode, we'll be talking with musician Waylon Thornton about his choice to share his music online for free. Here's a track from his band, Strange Lords. Their self-titled debut is up at Bandcamp. Waylon Thornton is based in Lake Butler, Florida, about 20 minutes outside of Gainesville. There, he teaches kindergarten students touch typing. But don't think that means his music is just a hobby. Waylon says the internet is the artist's best friend, and that traditional models of the music business...
1: It's a giant billboard for garbage.
0: We spoke over an iffy Skype connection. Hey, Waylon, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So tell me about how you first came to discover the Free Music Archive and offer your music there.
1: I found Free Music Archive, uh, I think, if I remember, it's been a really long time. If I remember correctly, just through a random internet search, and um, I got connected with Jason. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason. Jason and I became friends through talking online, uh, and he got me set up with an account through Free Music Archive. And really encouraged me to just keep putting stuff up there um, under my label, White Moon Recordings. And so I started doing that with just the Wayland Thornton and the Heavy Hands releases. And then I realized how many people were finding access to the music and finding music and downloading it like crazy. And so I started bringing in more people through the label and putting them up there and encouraging them to release their music for free.
0: Do you find that certain kinds of music makes more sense for free creative commons sharing and and other kinds don't?
1: Definitely more obscure underground outsider music because there's not as big of an audience out there, especially in terms of people willing to spend money or people who have money to spend on music. I mean, a lot of music that I make, the people who listen to it are other artists, and they're primarily broke, or they're younger college kids and stuff like that, and they just don't have the cash to dole out on a $25 LP or even a $10 CD. And so I don't see any point in holding your music hostage just because you want someone to give you money for it.
0: Totally. When you offer music creative commons, you can select from the different licenses to find one that works best for you. Um, how have you been sharing your music? Which license has been best?
1: They have long names. It's a non-commercial share-like. People can share it all they want. People are free to manipulate it, do remixes, do whatever they want, uh, use it in non-profit projects. Uh, My stuff gets used in a lot of student films. Basically, anybody can do anything they want with it without my express permission as long as they're not making a profit off of it.
0: What kind of requests have you gotten over the years?
1: In terms of people who are using it, For nonprofit stuff, like I said, a lot of student films, a lot of skateboard videos, surfing videos, I've seen a lot of those. I get a lot of requests for Kickstarter videos, and that's kind of a slippery slope for me because that's generally a for-profit project. You know, you're raising money to fund a business that you're going to make money off of.
0: Yeah, and and what I always hear is, but it's not commercial right now because I haven't made money yet.
1: Right, and that's what they always say to me too, you know, and I've had people just flat out say, well, I'm not making money, why should I give you money? And I have to get really, not rude about it, but just very blunt about it, in real world about it, in the fact that I don't care if your business makes money, you're trying to make money. And it's the principle of that, that I have no reason to want to help your business. I, I have no reason to want to help your shoe company, because I don't wear those shoes,
0: I feel like sometimes they come at musicians with an assumption that this is a hobby rather than a way of making a living. Right. That you're like an artist putting your stuff up on coffee shop walls instead of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm definitely not. I live
1: in the middle of nowhere outside of Gainesville, Florida, um, and I'm not putting my stuff on the coffee shop walls. I play shows when I want to. I work in an elementary school. I teach typing and computers to kindergartners. While this started as a hobby when I was a teenager, it's a way of life for me now, and I never started it to make money. So when money comes in, I'm not dying to get it. It's like, oh, it's, it would be cool if I got that $200, $300 because I could do something with it, but I'm not willing to just cough up my dignity for it. You know what I mean? I'm not that desperate and hungry for it at this point in my life, so...
0: So a few years ago you found your music being used in a very clear violation of your Creative Commons license. Tell me about that moment.
1: That was I was just on YouTube and I came across a YouTube video that was on Paxson's official YouTube. It was an ad they had made for the Kardashian sisters, Kendall and Khloe. I think this who I have it was. no
0: idea, man. <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I don't I don't I had no idea there was more than Kim Kardashian. I didn't I didn't know there was more than one, but now I do. But I guess they have a clothing line through PacSun, and uh, they had used one of my songs. The entire duration of this song was the ad and it was like them bouncing around in a field somewhere in denim jackets and then they like talked a little bit and then they just danced around in the song for more. And I was like, what in the hell is this? You know, and so I just kind of looked at it, I thought about it for a little bit, and I talked to my wife about it, and I was like, what do I even do about this? You know, this is Paxon. It's not some dinky dude with a, an Etsy store. And so uh, I just figured I could take a direct approach, and I contacted Paxon. And, of course, they didn't write me back. Like, not at all. So I posted on their YouTube account, never heard anything back. And then finally I went to Reddit, because at this time, Reddit had been kind of doing this social justice thing where they were helping track down people who were ripping off artists. And I was like, well, I'll give it a try. And I was never a Reddit user or anything like that. But I made an account and I posted it on there of the situation and I posted a link to the video in my music and kind of like my approach to music and how I like to give things away for free. but I don't like to be ripped off. And within less than an hour of that being up there, I got an email back from Paxon. Wow. Yeah, it was from their, like, the head of marketing or something like that from Paxon. He initially, once he figured out what had happened, offered me $20. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, I was just like, no, 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 no. uh uh-huh. You guys have royally screwed me. And this has been up here for a month. This ad had been up for a month. And it had been being played in the stores around the country.
0: Oh, my God, 20 dollars That's such an insult.:
1: Yeah. And he was his justification was that was that it was based on some sort of like industry standard. And my response to that was that, well, I'm not part of the industry, I have no manager, I have no agency. I said, if you want to use this song, which you already have, you deal with me, and you you take my rate, and you either pay me or you take it down and remove all of it, everywhere. And so that would have been more trouble for them than it was worth. And so he came back with, well, how much do you want? And I, I wasn't super greedy. You know what I mean? I could have pushed it for more, and I just up with a pretty small amount. And that was that with them. It wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And it didn't get as dirty as it could have, but...
0: You didn't have to call in a lawyer or anything.
1: No, I didn't have to call, call in a lawyer, although I had... A few lawyer friends offered to write up letters, you know, so I would have them at the ready to send if I needed to. But I don't even know if I dropped the lawyer word in any of those emails or phone calls with those guys. But the the guy I dealt with eventually maybe a week after that or two weeks after that no longer had his job at PAX on. And I don't think I had anything to do with that, but it may have had something to do with that. Because the way that happened was a pretty big slip-up because it wasn't directly Paxson's fault; it was the um, ad agency they hired, the who ultimately ripped me off. But Paxson was supervising over them and kind of allowed it to happen. So,
0: huh? Yeah, it seems like kind of a basic for any advertising is make sure you own the rights to the music that your whole campaign relies on.
1: Yeah, that you have the permission, and and the thing about the song that I've made the most money off of for these ads and stuff like that. It's always this one song and it's called Favorite Secrets. And I recorded it at 3 a.m. probably five years ago on, um, just like an electric guitar that had two strings on it and a cardboard box and a tambourine. And that's the whole thing. I've made... Not a fortune, but you know enough to buy a car and buy guitars and you know take my family on vacations off of this one song that I recorded on accident, basically.
0: With the, the settlement from Paxson, what did you what did you do with that amount of money?
1: I bought a hearse from a farmer in a place called Chiefland, which is near Gainesville, uh, Lake Butler, where I live. Um, he had bought it from a funeral home in, in Saint Pete Saint Petersburg, Florida, and they were using it for a corn maze during Halloween, but his wife didn't like it. She was creeped out by it, and so she was making him sell it. And so I just uh I found it on Craigslist one day because it was funny, there was a documentarian who was making a video, a guy named Brian Richardson, who was from around here also, was making a Hearse documentary about a Hearse club in North Carolina. And he used some of my music in it. And he asked for permission to use music and whatnot. That was all good and well. And then that day, I was like, well, I've always wanted to buy a hearse. Let me look on Chrysler. And so within 24 hours, I found and bought a hearse and uh, drove it home. And I still have it. I still drive it. Um, It's a really cool. It's a 91 Cadillac hearse.
0: You don't. You, and you told me you kind of always wanted one. Why? Tell me why that's a great car for you.
1: I love Halloween monster stuff. Uh, it's just kind of like my thing. Um, our house is Halloween all year round. Uh, the Halloween decorations basically never come down. But I always grew up on the Munsters and the Adams Family. The Cramps are one of my favorite bands. Uh, so when I found this thing, it was dirt cheap and it's in pretty good shape. And and for the price, I was like, even if it's not in good shape, if it runs, I have this hearse that is just a uh, a death trap on wheels that I can blow down the street in. And whenever I'm bored, it's basically like a a demolition derby car, but it's just really creepy looking. And I I occasionally drive around town at night because it has these really cool lamp lights on it, and it creeps people out. and So.
0: What advice do you have for other artists who are considering sharing their music for free online but, you know, don't know how to get started?
1: Don't have any apprehensions about it because you're not going to lose money by giving it it away for free. You weren't going to make any money in the first place. You cannot start playing music with the pretense of only making money because you're not going to. You're going to lose money. You're going to spend more money on it because you want to do it the right way. You want to do it your way. And it's like with my hearse, with the car. When it comes to a car like that or any kind of funny car, collector car, you pay for what you want, not for what you're getting. So you're not paying for the quality of the car. You're paying specifically because you want it, because of the novelty of it. And so you're going to play your music and you're going to spend money on your music to get it the way you want it. And so you can't worry about making money while you do that. And so if you want to get your name out there or just have people listen and enjoy it, give it away. You know, even if you just Give away a few records, you know, get in contact with free music archives, put them up there, set up a Bandcamp page. I would avoid Facebook because Facebook is garbage for bands. Yeah, there are plenty of resources. And just look on the Internet. The Internet is your best friend with that.
0: That's great to hear because I feel like a lot of other artists worry that the Internet's hurting music in a lot of ways. The digital distribution's gotten in the way of some kind of old glory.
1: No, it, it's hurting what people like to call the music business, which is not a music business anymore. It's just a uh, its a giant billboard for garbage. You're not missing anything by not following that route.
0: Well, thank you so much for talking, Waylon. This was uh, really wonderful. Thank you for having me. And folks, can check out your music at strangelords.bandcamp.com or theheavyhands.bandcamp.com. Thanks again. Hey, thank you. Radio Free Culture is produced by WFMU and the Free Music Archive, and it's supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts. Our theme song is Smoothest Ruins by Thick Business. It can be found at freemusicarchive.org.